been a nerd since my very first book bag. If you feel the same when you play this, let the hook If you're all feeling perturbed, cause you just listen to herb and a disc you just heard, you can kick to the curb. If you're sick of these herbs and must be hit a nerve, sit back and observe the, the revenge of the nerds. Hello, citizens, scientists, technologists, and nerds of all stripes. Welcome to Citizen Scientist Podcast, where we examine the role of science and technology in culture, art, lifestyle, and entertainment. I'm Mickey Pentecost. In this inaugural episode entitled, I'm Not a Scientist, But I Play One on TV, I interview actors Tina Wong and Malcolm Barrett. For full disclosure, Tina is my wife, and Malcolm is a good friend. Nonetheless, it was not easy to get them together given their busy schedules. Tina and Malcolm are your quintessential working actors, often appearing in scene-stealing, supporting roles. You may know Tina from her recurring role as senior criminalist Susie Chang on TNT's hit show Rizzoli and Isles. Tina has also appeared on Law & Order LA, Hollywood Heights, The Kroll Show, The Office, General Hospital, Numbers, Chuck, House MD, CSI, Criminal Minds, and Castle, among others. Tina is also a writer developing her own TV shows. Malcolm played Lem Hewitt, a lab scientist on ABC's comedy Better Off Ted. He has appeared in numerous films including Larry Crown, Peoples, the Academy Award winning The Hurt Locker, and the critically acclaimed film Dear White People. His TV credits include The Sopranos, Law and Order, Kroll Show, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, among many others. Malcolm is also a musician and a rap artist, both in solo projects and in the eclectic hip-hop soul group Sin City. Both raised in New York City, Tina and Malcolm met as classmates studying theater at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, and they remain active in theater as founding members of Ammunition Theater Company in Los Angeles. They recently worked together on the web series Nerd Court, which settles nerdy arguments in the style of the People's Court. Malcolm plays the judge. Tina guest starred in an episode as one of the litigants. I wanted to know what it's like to play a scientist on TV. So without further ado, this is Citizen Scientist Podcast number one. Hi, Tina. Hi. I'm Malcolm. Hello, Mickey. <laughs> are, are we getting awkward already? Yeah, th yeah. this is my interview voice. Little All bit. right. Oh, well, you have a separate interview voice? No. <laughs> oh, that's like white man voice. I get it. It's No, this deep. there's a deeper timbre. Oh, this I see. One. It's so a richer... This is Tina Wong, by the way. I'm talking about Catherine right, so, so tenor is Mickey Pentecost, and uh, <laughs> alto tenor is uh, Tina Wong, and uh, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm is all about the bass. I'm all about that bass. So welcome to uh, Citizen Scientist Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having, having me. Episode us. something. I don't know. Right. We're going we're gonna to drop this soon. Um, and... Uh, me being a citizen scientist and you guys being... What is a citizen scientist? Yeah, tell I don't us know. what that is. I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, what I'm trying to do here is uh, do some science outreach, but also look at the kind of cross-section of uh, science and culture and, and uh, you know, talk to, talk to people who interact with science and culture in various ways. So... Um, nice. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys uh, because both of you are actors who uh, frequently play scientists. Yeah. Um, this is true. And also you guys uh, are currently in a, uh, a web series called Nerd Court. Correct. So why don't you guys tell me about Nerd Court to start? Oh, okay. 
Uh, well, we're both. Uh, I'll give you some background. Me and Tina went to college together. Uh, we went to. Well, we didn't go to college. We went to theater school. Um, <laughs> there is a difference. <laughs> so, so, so we've known each other for for years and worked together for years. Um, and so uh, Adam Stein is also a mutual friend, but also happens to be a director who was on. Um, what is the name? On of the, the show? lot, the Steven Spielberg. The Spielberg, uh, maybe Ben Affleck related. Matt Damon. No, no. I think that's a separate. Job. Yeah, it's a separate. So show. just Spielberg, just Spielberg. <laughs> that's a, that's the only person he was involved. With. So uh, he's okay. Um, so he he approached us with this idea for Nerd Court, which was um, a way to have all the debates that you've been having on the internet via the fandom uh, via a, a sort of reality uh, court show. Um, so so Adam Adam's directing and 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 he brought you guys in right Adam Stein's right. directing created by Gary Witta, uh, who wrote um, the next standalone uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars movie who also wrote Book uh, of Eli Book of Eli he's got a novel out right now called Armageddon I believe I it is I think it is yeah um, so yeah and this is in conjunction with uh, Skybound Entertainment and they, which is know, Robert Kirkman's uh, company who did Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. So there's a lot of nerd credentials <laughs> behind the show. Behind, all to have a, a faux reality court show so, where we, de- we debate whether or not uh, Batman's worthy right. versus Superman. That's right. And who's the better so Doctor So this is uh, YouTube.com slash Skybound, right? Nerd court? Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, or I YouTube think so. Slash whatever it's slash Skybound. Yeah, or you YouTube nerd court. Yeah. Way. So so you guys were brought in presumably because you also have some nerd credentials. We do. We mm-hmm. both 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 of us. Uh, I think uh, uh, have played scientists for a while. Uh, I was I was on Better Off Ted. What would you? Yeah, and I'm on uh, I'm on Rizzoli and Isles as Susie okay. Chang, Doctor yeah, Susie yeah. Chang. Yeah. So Malcolm... I played Lem Hewitt, Lemuel. This is full first. Name. I think Susie and Lem might have like a fictional Twitter relationship. <laughs> yeah, and fan fiction. <laughs> they may have dated. <laughs> So, 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 Malcolm, you were on Better Off Ted, yes, and you played a scientist, yes. named Lem, and yes. so this was uh, a, a few years ago, right, mm-hmm. on on ABC, and Correct. and as far as I can remember, the premise is a kind of large multinational company. It's a kind of office comedy, right, about a multinational company that's kind of nefarious, right? They're kind of defense contractors. They kind of do. You know, evil things and build evil stuff. Well, you know what it is. It's not that they're evil. It's that they don't care. <laughs> okay. Which is, which, is a, which is a different kind of evil. There, you know what oppor- I mean? Opportunity. Yeah, right? which is which is like a great, like, we have an episode uh, where um, the um, the sensors, the, everything was using sensors. And so the sensors didn't see black people. So I couldn't get in the doors and stuff. I couldn't use water fountains. And that was so, a great episode, actually. So it's one premise, of my favorite. The premise Portia de Rossi was the boss was not that it was racist. It was that they just didn't see it. So the most it could be is indifferent <laughs> instead of racist. Which might be yeah. might be worse. Which <laughs> might be worse. I think not caring about in general is kind of the the crux of the racism. Yeah, yeah <laughs> The crux exactly. of the negativity of anything yeah. is the not giving a fuck. So one of the, one of the things that I, I liked about about the characters, the scientist characters, is, you know, although they're ostensibly hired to, you know, build build stuff and create stuff for this company, your character just also just didn't seem to care. He was just kind of a curious guy making crazy experiments in the lab. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, it was me and Jonathan Slavin who played Phil, and we were sort of codependent. Yeah, he's so um, funny. Socially awkward individuals, and... And I think, uh, yeah, that was the thing, is that we didn't, it wasn't that we looked and, and said, here, this will destroy anything. We just 
were generally curious about how anything and everything worked and anything we could possibly imagine and being able to do that. How it was implemented was up to the company. But I think as scientists, we were just like most scientists, you're interested in, in, in what makes this work. How does this happen? Where, where is this yeah. going? What is the possibilities? I guess, I guess my point is, is what is your point? Is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, within, within, within the, uh, you know, in, in the construct of this kind of, uh, indifferent and sometimes evil company you guys were actually kind of the good guys you guys you guys were funny you guys were sweet uh you know you weren't intentionally creating dangerous weapons or anything more often you were you were were trying to create things like uh you know we were trying to create meat without using animals and uh trying to create uh light um using like you know lightning bugs actually we 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 actually won an award um one of the episodes won an award from like some sort of EPA award, some some environmental award uh, that we did because we were trying to. It was talking about mixing, you know, uh, bio conditions to create to create light. So we like use like these lightning bugs to create like electricity or lights along this like pathway and this whole you know other thing and stuff like that. So I think the the writer got something for that. No, that's great. Yeah, you're thinking about a solution. Yeah, so they're solution guys. Is <laughs> how I would pitch it. I wanna I wanna get back to. Uh, your role right. as a scientist yes. on Better Off Ted, but mm-hmm. but let me first switch to Tina and talk a little Uh-oh. bit about Please. about Susie Chang on, yeah. on Rizzoli, <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles. So yeah. currently you play uh, uh, a uh, a criminologist, right? Yes. A, a, a forensic scientist. Senior right? criminologist. Oh, senior criminologist. <laughs> All right. Pedigree at this. Point. Yeah. So 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 what does that involve uh, on the show? What kinds of uh, things are you doing there oh, as a scientist? You know, usually handing over folders that have test results in them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know I, I run things through the like mass spectrometer. We always we're always looking through scopes and figuring out what you know where the blood samples are coming from, matching DNA, finding poisons and chemicals like warfarin and it's it's you know that's that's basically i kind of am the catch-all for everything in in the science lab so but it's fun and 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 in both of these shows they've created really intricate science labs right Mm -hmm. yes yeah um you know in the case of better off ted it's kind of more cartoony and broad we're very um but and in the case of Rizzoli and Isles, which is more of a, a you know a, a procedural pr- police procedural, you know they've created a, a, a kind of more realistic looking lab. Um, how do you guys? Um, are you guys trained uh, when you get on set? Do you have consultants who show you how to use the uh, the things, or, or you know, is or are you just told by the director where to be and, and what to do? How it's does, just how does acting. That work? I just snake it up. I, I just wing it and hope no one notices. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's ha- I mean, it's half that. Honestly, <laughs> I honestly, I think, I think there's it's it's twofold and it's dependent on the role because I've I've actually played a scientist in, in a couple different things, and and if I was being honest, I think uh, the reason I I wind up in these roles is one. I did have a math science background. I was like heavily. I went to Stuyvesant, and so like for a while, I was thinking about being biologist and for a while I was a math tutor so if nothing else I'm comfortable with the language do you know what I mean which I think gave me a step up in 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 seeing scientific you know jargon and dialogue you know and and definitely like you're not a specialty in everything so whether or not I knew the principles you have to look stuff up and and figure things out um but there's also times where I've just like not cared at all about the <laughs> like I recently did some movie which is it's it's totally a b-movie um but i played like a seismologist or something like that and 
And uh, it was one of these. Sort oh, of, I can't wait to the, see that. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a ridiculous. <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. It's all oh, straight. I think I think the whole movie is available now oh, on great. the internet. We should have a night where we both watch bad oh. movies. We <laughs> that, yeah. So it was funny because we were doing this and it was like, you know, I was I was opposite one of the lead actors who was playing a, a scientist as well. Or, or, you know, a field in seismology, or a field in seismology, focusing on on that and uh and it was funny because she's like oh do you know what this thing and i was like i don't it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't it wasn't not everyone do you need to know every single thing but so so what happens when you have like complex scientific terms in a script is there somebody there oh, to, yeah, to help you pronounce them or do you have to go off and do your own homework i feel like most of the time you in the yeah you do homework but there's, there's you do homework but the front usually well for my show at least the scripts yeah, come yeah. in the first page all of the scientific terms that are in the script are broken down into one oh. how many pages there are and they have the meaning and the the you know noun verb whatever it is you know and then it says uh, how to pronounce it by breaking it up into syllables and where to stress but then there's always someone on set our script coordinator she'll look things up also on Wikipedia and get the sound and have that it'll pronounce it to us on set so I've never had that much oh really. Uh... Help. They used to have a medical consultant <laughs> on set, but we don't have that person anymore. But um, yeah, uh, and also uh, my personal life. Just I think a growing up watching procedurals and watching scientists on the TV, you know that language is already out there. So part of it is continuing that tradition. You know, like mm-hmm. knowing what a scientist looks like on TV. You know, glasses True. or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, my my husband, which is you. That's <laughs> <amazing>. Oh <laughs> shit! Just got real. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're a scientist and, you know, you have a PhD and I, I think I have an honorary, uh, PhD as well <laughs> from hanging out with all your scientists. Friends. That's right. You've had to put up with all my science stuff. Um, when you watch, when you watch shows, so, so, so gets, you're, so yeah. you're, I wonder, wait, 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 well, yeah. this is what I want to know, right? All so, right. So, turn it around. Yeah, I'm turning exactly, it around. I'm turning exactly. it around. Don't go so hard against the questions. Yeah, this is what I want to know. Uh, because I, I, I find that watching TV a lot of times, I, I, I was more, I feel like we were cartoonish, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like her, her recent science, uh, scientists more grounded, but I feel like TV a lot of times when they have a scientist or they have like a character that's a scientist. That character is an expert in every field of every, every science. Yeah, like like I'm watching like uh, what was it? Uh, not Dawn of the Dead. Uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, the TV yes. version, and they had a guy who was like a professor of like whatever history thing, and they're going through the caves, and he's like, "Oh, if I add this element and this element," I was like, How "So he also, he's also into chemistry." Too? <laughs> I'm like, "There's a lot of fields in science." When you watch when you watch TV, do you go there and you sit there and go like, "Oh, this is preposterous," or you are do. you able to like you say that about yeah. real science shows? And, oh, certainly, and. And you know, my I have a, a an uncle who's a lawyer, and he just can't watch law shows. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just seems so fake and contrived in Hollywood. But he goes Hollywood. But, but certainly, <laughs> I, mean, out of the room. I mean, anybody who's who's a, a scientist in real life, in general, they've had to specialize, um, and, and and their focus is so very narrow. Yeah. So so even for me, uh, you know, as a as a microbiologist, you know. Even very closely related fields of biochemistry and, and molecular biology, I usually go to, you know, the nearest expert in that yeah. for help, you know. And so, so you know, I, and there certainly are, you know, amazing scientists who are, who are generalists and know a lot about lots of different fields. But, but for the most part, kind of the, uh, the practicing scientists are, are looking very narrowly um, and so, you know, and then also the, the kind of things that uh, are, 
are funny to me are like you know the kind of black box nature of of science shows right it's like oh you know we need an answer and we stick the sample in this black box yeah, and yeah. it comes out <laughs> immediately you know and that's not necessarily reflective of the yeah of, there's of always science. a machine that can yeah, just oh, yeah. help you with a thing and i went to i went to the like for instance i went to the um la county uh, medical examiner's office and it, and we we also looked at uh the evidence rooms and where mm -hmm. they do ballistics and where they take dna samples where they do all of this stuff it's really interesting um because I went with uh, a medical examiner there. She knew that I was on the show, and mm -hmm. I asked her if I could do a tour of the place. And so that was your research. So, so that you was did part some of my research, research yeah, for, yeah. for Rizzoli and Isles by going to, to the L.A. County yeah. uh, uh, medical examiner. And actually, <laughs> I always thought when I watch TV, even though we always do this when we see these CSI shows or whatever, like my show, I go, wow, that's so high-tech. Is there really that many screens? And, you know, like, that that can't be real. That machine can't look so glossy. But we were, when we were there at this uh, place in L.A., I got to say, it, w it was really high tech. It really? really had all of that stuff. I mean, you know, maybe not that many LCD screens, but, yeah. <laughs> but there was like, you know, lots of, and it was super clean, really glossy looking. But the one thing I did notice is like, like you said, the black box of science, the equipment that you put something in and an answer comes out. They actually had like 10 stories of different laboratories that focus on different parts of the investigation. Mm -hmm. Like there's a water tank. <coughs> A water tank for ballistics where they shoot guns into to figure out markings on bullets. And there's, um, you know, a microscope room for DNA with all the samples for, like, let's say rape. That's not a good part to take a long pause at. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a, it's a big place. Whereas, you know, on Rizzoli, you probably see one lab. Yeah. You know, yeah. Doing, so, doing everything. And we send it away and somebody magically sends it. Yeah, or shows like CSI where everything is done inside one lab right. and they solve all there's the... There's like one guy who does that. Yeah, there's one like uber nerd. We'd that, better that, give that... it to Bernard. Oh, well, Susie's... That, <laughs> the thing that's crazy and I love is like, yeah, I'm, my character's... Thank you for saying thank you that my character's grounded, <laughs> but um, she's also kind of the fun character, a, a fun like a sillier character on mm -hmm. the show, I guess you can say. And I'm I'm glad to have that freedom because I never get into the serious, like the human loss of it. Mm -hmm. Susie's totally motivated by the science, just the fun of the science of it. So she gets to be excited about doing an experiment, not mm -hmm. necessarily trying to find the killer all the time. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really fun, and also every script to script i'm finding out new things about her like uh i guess she went to art school in paris <laughs> i guess she she yeah, knows yeah. how to etch metals i think in one episode i figured out how to get a serial number off of a gun by because of my art background so susie's gone to medical school and i guess art school and studied in paris <laughs> so she's you know so she has to pull together the, the art and the science to figure out figure out the evidence too so, so catch all again. <laughs> so when you guys play... I'm sorry I'm coughing all over everything, but you can play a little game at home whenever I cough, you, you take a drink. All water. right, that's, that's your drinking game. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys feel it's important then to accurately portray scientists? Or do you think it's more important that you know, your portrayal serves the story or the entertainment value that's of the show? That's a good question. I, and, I, and I guess more broadly, you know, what's the obligation of actors in general to, you know, accurately portray real life characters or professions? Well, well I'll tell you this. It's, it's, it's multi-pronged. One, from a storytelling perspective, it's you want to serve the story. Um, but from an artist's perspective, I want to tell the best story and I want to be the most interesting character. So, you know, I'm going to try and serve the piece, but I also want to represent everything 
that I feel is important because, you know, I do feel like minorities are underrepresented. I do feel like, you know, there's not a lot, like I'm the only black scientist I've seen on a regular TV show in, since like Urkel. <laughs> like, oh, you know, yeah, I guess it was, except like, did Urkel have a PhD? I don't think he, I don't know. <laughs> I feel just, like he might have. But like I also he got the cloning machine. Yeah, he, he had to have something. Off. Plus, I got booty, you know. So it was like really. So I feel like there's a part of me that also wants to represent thing aspects of a, a culture that I don't normally see. So even with being a nerd or a geek, like I don't always see nerds the way that I would love them to see, and I don't see nerds that look like me, or I don't see nerds that like you know also have a cool side or this and that yeah. so i think because nerds don't have to look a certain way yeah like, nobody they, would think i'm a nerd i'm a yeah, total nerd yeah and so i think that that's part of it although it's like yes we want to serve the, the structure as an artist as a person uh as an individual you know um i also want to give the best parts of me and the most interesting parts of who i am and culture that i don't think are often seen you know no matter what aspect that may be Mm-hmm. You know? What he said, I agree. But, but, <laughs> but also, I mean, and that's why Malcolm and I are also involved together with a theater company um, that we're co-artistic directing with uh, Arjun Gupta. Good segue. Uh, and it's called the Ammunition Theater Company, and our mission statement is basically to uh, serve underrepresented stories, right? Yeah, the voice um, of underrepresented. And, and, and see people of color in roles that aren't necessarily always <coughs> about their race or their, you know what I mean? So We want to reflect the world around us. It's, fun, yeah. it's, fun, it's funny, like this maybe, this isn't science related, but, so you can cut it out uh, no. if it doesn't work. <laughs> but it's funny, it's a weird thing to promote diversity and at the same time not want to have to say it. All the like, time, yeah. Because it's, it's, when you're the outlier, you have to mention that you're not being mentioned. <laughs> which is like the frustrating part like it's funny like someone was submitting some work to us a, a, a white woman and she was like she saw the pictures of all the different people she was like i noticed that you guys are diverse is that something that you, that you guys are about because i have a piece that might work and i just thought it was a funny question because i don't think i've ever looked at like a group like a theater company filled with like seven white actors and went like hey i have this play it are you guys seem to be all white? Are you guys all about whiteness? Is that, let me know, because I, I think I have a piece that might fit for, for you guys. So it's a it's an interesting world. That to you try. have to make the diversity yeah. the issue of yeah. the art that you're making. Do you know what that I mean? That does tie into the science. It does tie it does. into like playing these characters on television yeah. and seeing us reflected back at ourselves. Well, so yeah. since, we're, since we're on this serious subject, and you, and you, and you brought ve- up... It's very serious. Yeah, yeah. Theater well, well, but no, you brought up, you brought up playing a, a, a black scientist. And yes. It's something you don't see represented on television and and tina it's you're me and neil degrasse tyson it's you and, <laughs> it's the who, fa- who fake also, guy and a real guy who is also not a generalist right mickey <laughs> well I, you know neil degrasse tyson is an astrophysicist but, right, but as a science communicator i think he he knows a lot broadly about you know lots of things he talks about climate change and evolution um but but you know back to you know seeing representations of of scientists and mm-hmm. and and black or Asian American scientists on TV or, or in the media, mm-hmm. I mean that's there, there's even a problem in, within science itself of retaining uh, minorities within science. And so you know you mentioned Malcolm that you went to Stuyvesant High School, and for those listening, uh, Stuyvesant High School is is probably the best high school in New York City. I grew and, up in and, New York. It was the Smarty Pants High School. <laughs> At the time, it was the number one math and science high school. Yeah, in the I didn't get in. And it's it's. 
It's a competitive high school. You have to you have to take a test. You have to take to a get test in, to get even in. though it's a public. Yeah, and you get school. ranked right. Yeah, and so in high school, you. I was were... the only person in my high school to actually pass the test. There's a couple people that got a couple points lower. Your junior, your school. junior high school. Junior high school, yes. Yeah. A couple people got a couple points summer lower. Summer school to get in. Get right? summer school. I just went straight there. Didn't All right. That happen to you? That that did happen to me. That's yeah. my confession. <laughs> I did not pass the the exam. You were off to by get one into. point. Yeah, I remember that. You were up, You told me you got one point off, and then you had to go to summer school to go, and you decided to go to art school instead. So, so <laughs> that's hilarious, right? So, we, so, so I love that. So you went to art school. I went to the math and science he's a scientist. high school. Now he's a scientist, and now I play one <laughs> on TV. Yeah. So, so we've kind of we've kind of switched switched paths, at least between between high school and college. But right? you guys but twins? I also le- but see here's the other thing about representation is that. That's the thing about all this stuff. It's like all of this relates. Like there's no, you know, there are very few people who are one thing. Like, you, you know, you have all these facets to you. And that's also part of the representation. You want to represent, you know, I love seeing playing these smart individuals and, and showing the different shades and colors of that, you know, in terms of personality and, and how different we can be and mm-hmm. how, you know, it's not just science is here and art is here and hippies are here and business people are here. A lot of people, we, we dip into different worlds and then we just wind up focusing in one particular area. Yeah, and and you know, in in this day and age, everybody's interacting with technology mm-hmm. and science in in really interesting ways. And if you go on social media and Facebook, people are sharing stories about science, and you know, it's kind of becoming very, uh, you know, part of uh, of you know the national dialogue and also part of entertainment. With Neil deGrasse Tyson being a prominent scientist, having Ner- nerds, television nerdism and, is cool right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so you have cool. what's this, Chris Hardwick and yeah, know, the Nerdist. Nerdist. Mm-hmm. I have a song called "Revenge of the Nerds." Oh yes, I was in the music app- video. You were. I was in the music video. Which, yeah. which, uh, off my album, the Backpackers Guide to the Galaxy, to really show you that <laughs> clearly oh, bring yeah, a nerd Malcolm than the rap too. So, yes, yeah. podcast listeners, that is a song you you will have heard at the <laughs> opening of oh uh, yeah uh, of this podcast. Totally With Malcolm's forgot. permission, I told yeah, sure. <laughs> Perm- he forgot granted. already. <laughs> um, so, but but so you studied um, math and science in high school, but ultimately decided to go towards the arts. Now, what what drew you to the arts over science, or you know, were there not uh, role models that that did you not feel like it was a viable career or 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 a place for you or were you just more interested in in pursuing uh, the arts? Well, the arts was definitely a less viable career than science because the science and the math stuff was like that for for the most part that was that was plan every everything I did for school was me taking a test to get to somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that was the most viable option. The art thing was like the um, most no like how. selfish. I have no idea like. I think at some point the best the best connection I had was my granddad to tell you what time this was happening my granddad suggesting maybe I could meet Bill Cosby take that full circle um, <laughs> so so it's it, it actually you know it seemed like an option but what wound up happening is going into college was the first time I was always doing arts and I was always doing science like as a, as a first grader I was writing stories and reading them to the kindergarten class you know I was in you know, plays and doing poetry and all of that. So that was always a major part. And actually, high school was the first time where it became trying to figure out which which one. Because I was in Science Skills Center, which was this program where you studied science outside of school and all of this. And I took the regents early, like the, all math and science regents early. Um, but 
when I got to high school, oddly enough, which is math science high school, we had all these productions. And I wasn't even a school spirit guy, but we had all these productions because our school had so much money. We would have productions that we produced ourselves. We'd be like, you know, we'd have Sing, which was like freshmen and sophomores versus juniors versus seniors. And it's written, produced and directed by the students. And we had like fireworks. Like we had like, wow, we had like poly what is it pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics. like in you, your school in our school play <laughs> like that's how much money our school our school had 10 floors and elevator escalator like, let me interject real quick because i went to uh laguardia and um music and art and uh we always i was on the swim team and so i used to swim <laughs> over at Stuyvesant. And you got, they did have a ton of money. They have. And I secretly hated Stuyvesant yeah, so much because you guys had so much money. Yeah, I didn't. Yes, I hated the school. I wouldn't, you know, I was like, whatever. Like, I was impressed because I was living, I was living in Bed-Stuy, going to Stuyvesant. Yeah, right. So, for me, it was the most amazing. Like, I don't even conceive. You just got to a cool club or something. I, well, it wasn't cool because it was like I was going to a school with nerds and I was from right. the hood. So, like, it wasn't like. But what was funny is there would be people who acted hood at the school, and I was like, "Guys, what are you doing? We're we're here to learn." <laughs> like, I was like, "I don't understand what's happening." You know yeah. what I mean? Because it'd be like Upper West Side Jewish kids, like you know, yeah. who were like adopting like the backpack culture, but like. The so rap do you parts. do you feel? Did you feel that there was a stigma uh, in, in growing up in Bed Bed Stuy? Was there like a stigma for being smart or a nerd or uh, or? I don't know. I think growing up as a kid in general, there's a stigma on being a nerd. Like, I think everywhere, like, it's not cool to be a nerd when you're young. It's not cool to stick out when you're young, you know? And it's definitely not cool to stick out when you're in the hood. But definitely, I mean, from my perspective, you know, whatever got you success was cool where where I was from. Like, Mm -hmm. after a certain age, like, after around 17, it wasn't necessarily like, you're a nerd. It was more like, you're just like, did that help you get out? Great. Do that. (laughs) <laughs> like amazing you know it's yeah. not as much i i think the nerd thing is less a hood thing and more just a, a child thing and a maturity thing but yeah what what made me go into like i said the arts thing was simply like when i went to college i heard of nyu and i and i heard of uh tish and i was 50 50 doing math i was like i remember there was a day where i either had to go to a science skill center thing or do a play and I, like, went to do the play. Like, and so it was a huge thing for me. And then that's when, so when I went to college, I went for a theater school. And I wound up doing that. And also, there was a weird thing where I was part of HEOP, which was the Higher Education Opportunity Program, which meant black kids who were smart. Um, so it was really weird because they had a bunch of the HEOP kids do some sort of remedial testing thing and make us go through extra schooling, which was behind the stuff I actually did in high school. So it was like a really weird thing. Yeah, yeah, it was like that really seems weird. Ba- yeah, like seems looking back at it, it was like, oh, yeah, this was wrong. Yeah, like this my, was in college. This was in college. So, 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 because you were smart and black, they assumed you were less intelligent. Yes. Than than, than, than the kids who were like just coming to school. Like the, they assumed I was less intelligent than the than the school I was actually went to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like really weird, and so like. So I definitely didn't go, and so for that reason, and the fact that I what because I majored in arts, I didn't have to take math. I no longer took math in college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, but like I think those were two twofold double blow of why I didn't continue math studies in college. But I still wound up tutoring at the same time because once again, the fucking high school education I had for math was like much higher than whatever I was tutoring. 
and and blah blah blah. So it was like it was you know it it all winds up working out you know. That was my path. That was a long story. I feel like I was, <laughs> was, I was talking I, 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 I was mesmerized. I was in I a trance. Like I was talking forever. No, I brought up race, though, so that helped. That was good. Yeah, yeah, that, was good. <laughs> that was a gripping thing to hold on to in the, in the story. Um, Con- continue And poverty. Tina. And poverty, poverty, and poverty. story. So, so right. Tina. Um, I as... forgot everything I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> as, as an Asian American. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> in the art. Yes. Um, you know, clearly there, there, are, there are a lot of stereotypes about um, Asians and Asian American families yeah. and the pressure that Asian American parents place on their kids. Um, did you feel like yeah, there was... Tiger mom type stuff, right? Did My... you, yeah, did you feel like there was pressure to, to go into the sciences or medicine? Yeah, um, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, every day they thought, well, they definitely thought I was smart enough to go to med school. They definitely thought I was smart enough to go to law school, but those weren't things that interested me. So, I mean, I felt kind of bad because I applied to art school behind their back. <laughs> you know, I was just like a little kid taking the subway. Oh, I'm going to go audition for this school today. And I uh, ended up getting into LaGuardia, music and art. Um, but I was originally there for painting. So, um, but you know, I found painting depressing. <laughs> Is that terrible to say? It's so lonesome. It didn't seem like it, it did, just didn't seem like it. Um, it's not a group sport. It's not, exactly. It didn't, it didn't express myself. It didn't express myself. Is that a sentence? Uh, but yeah, my parents were pretty upset that I ended up going there because I got in. And then, you know, I made a portfolio, did the interview and everything, got in. And they, they just didn't get it. They didn't understand why, why, but I did also, I did, I did apply, I took the ERBs for private school. Um, my parents were poor immigrants. We didn't have the money to do it. And they didn't know I did that, uh, because that's what everybody was doing. Cause if you're not, if public school is not that great after elementary school in New York, I mean, don't you agree? I think schools are bad. Yeah, the schools are bad. I think most of the schools are like so. Every that's why everybody so would bad. would take these tests. That's why New York City was really competitive because like you had after elementary school you had the Hunter test was everybody to, mm-hmm. to get into Hunter, which was like considered the only good junior high school in New York City. And then after like junior Brooklyn, high, right? yeah, and then and then um, then after junior high school was the Stuyvesant test. Yeah, me and, and Tina are both from New York, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, so it goes Stuyvesant. If you didn't get into Stuyvesant, the one underneath that is Brooklyn Tech. No, Bronx Science. And I then, think they vacillated. Really? Yeah, I think it was like one year it'd be Brooklyn Tech, then another year oh, it'd be Bronx Science. Oh, I didn't know Science. that. Yeah, I always yeah, thought it changed. was Bronx Science, and then Brooklyn Tech was last, which my brother Maybe. went to. But I, I got into Bronx Science, and then I, I didn't go because uh, I didn't want to travel <laughs> an hour from Chinatown up to the Bronx every day. Uh, and you know, school starts at like seven thirty in the morning. Um, anyway, so my, I didn't end up going into the. My parents like couldn't afford I, I ended up doing really well in the ERBs and I got into Dalton um I did the interview myself as a sixth year sixth grader my parents didn't know that I was doing this so clearly you're not you're not in the arts because you didn't have the aptitude for for the sciences but it I just mean, I, I you... wouldn't say that I have aptitude for science now yeah, right. <laughs> I can't do the bill at the restaurant <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Well, you but know, that's a, got... but that's any skill if you don't use it. You know what I mean? If you're not using it every day, like you the know, muscle, what I mean? yeah, the science like, muscle, yeah, any muscle, yeah, you're not gonna be like fucking, just like my my science muscle needs boot, Barry's boot camp. <laughs> yeah, I definitely couldn't do the math that I could do at 18. Isn't that like, weird? Like I definitely could. I I definitely would have. I could read. I could read about it and then learn it pretty quickly. 
you know, get reacquainted. Yeah. But I do not have those formulas in my head. Right. When, 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 when would you use I'm it? I'm not. Every day I'm trying to memorize these. <laughs> I got to memorize these words right. that, that I right. pretend to have studied for years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and read some, you know, some piece of crap script for 30 to 60 pages. <laughs> I mean, my, or a really good one for 30 But I ended up pages. going in going to the arts and then switching this after my first year of high school to the drama department audition got in and you know was leading my play the weird thing is I was a nerd but I was cool for being a nerd I, I don't know maybe <laughs> I know that sounds weird but I feel like I had lots of friends because they were all nerds or or you know kind of geeky in some way maybe that's being in theater young but I don't know I felt I felt more at home in the theater department than anywhere else so well it certainly feels no like you know those those nerds of, of our generation growing up now seemingly control everything in the media, right? As you said earlier, uh, you know, being a nerd is popular now. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Big Bang Theory is one of the number one yeah. comedies. And, and uh, you know, those characters are, are playing nerds. They have nerdy interests. They, they interact with pop culture in very nerdy ways. And even, so even Facebook's a movie. Even Facebook's, even Facebook's Zoe Deschanel movie, right? is yeah. adorable, you know. It's kind of like the same thing into the, nerdy things. So, so what are you? What are your? Just to kind of wrap up, what are your favorite nerdy things? What do you guys? What do you guys <laughs> interact with? Yes, clearly the, the people from Nerd Court. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, clearly, clearly, you guys were cast because you have nerd credentials. So what's, what's, what's your? What's, what are your nerd specialties? Uh. I would say my nerd specialties are uh, video games. Uh, I'm heavy into video games, uh, mostly on the uh, PlayStation, PS3, PS4. Um, I hope we get something free for that. I would, right I should, oh, dang it! <laughs> Send it, it to up. Tina Wong. I, Tina used, Wong. I used it up. Um, <laughs> if if anybody from PlayStation is listening, yeah, send yeah, please Barrett. send me everything. Send yeah. two, send me two of everything, system. please. PlayStation. Yeah. He'll, he'll tweet it out. Yeah, he'll, totally he'll make sure it. that all his fans know. Uh, I I'm big into comic books uh-huh. or gra- really graphic novels. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. you see that snobby face he I'm made. Joking. Um, but yeah, I am. Uh, like I like uh, like yeah, like hundred bullets and stuff like that. And you're like a, a movie trivia down. freak. I'm big in the, I know, or TV totally unnecessary TV and movie trivia. It's crazy. It's, I've seen him pull out his um, phone and like, It's because I I'm on IMDb on everything. I know the story of everything. Like, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's not a real baseball. Yeah, that's, that's and and your, al- and, your, and your album is, is the Backpacker's Guide. My album is called, which is a play on the Backpacker's Guide to the Galaxy. The, it's a play on is, the Hitchhiker's Guide the Hitchhiker, to the Galaxy. Excuse me. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is one of my favorite books. Really bad movie. Um, but interesting casting. Um, but I love, I love, I love that book. It's so weird because I like magical realism and I like mm-hmm. the idea of like. Do you like Birdman? Yeah, yeah, I love Birdman. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, <laughs> duh. I know. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of of rap music as being particularly nerdy, right? I mean, rappers seemingly are the coolest people around, right? I mean, Jay Z is is you know not necessarily a nerd, <laughs> but. You know, you wrote a rap song called Revenge of the Nerds. Um, you know, what compelled you to to write that song? And also, you know, do you see, um, you know, is there a place for nerds in rap music? Okay, I would debate this. I would say this. The general consensus is, like, it's just, like, this cool thing, like, super cool and, you know, and dangerous and all of that. And I think it's, there's truth to there. But I think 
at the end of the day, rap music is a guy sitting at home writing. <laughs> like he's like writing on a piece of paper, <laughs> like and rewriting it's sometimes. Studious. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's extremely studious. It's wordplay. It's double entendre. And if you look at the guys who who are my inspirations, if you look at Pharrell Manch, Rakim, you know, Most Def, yeah. Eminem, you have Kendrick Lamar, like these guys are guys that play with the A-B structure. Like when I tutored, I would tutor writing and we would use, I would use rap music just because it's really easy to teach about couplets and A and B and things like that. See, rap is nerdy. Yeah. And like, well, plus, and it also comes from like playing a dozens, which is all about wit, which is like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bunch of folks talking shit about each other, you know, on the spot. And then you break that down in a freestyle and it's, you talking shit about each other, but you're rhyming it. You know, and then you break that down and it's like, that's battle rap is like, we're, we're rebuttaling each other and, you know, and, and coming on, you know, off the top of the head. Like all of that is a, it, when you look at it as wordplay, when you look at it as writing is extremely studious. It's very nerdy and it's, you know, it's, you're writing <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. it's, so, I mean, I think that's what sparked my interest in, but it's, it's also easy to call something Revenge of the Nerds because it's, it's subversive because you don't think of rap as nerdy and also like you've heard of that title before. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and so Tina, what's, what's, what's your nerd credentials? Well, what, what, what nerdy things are you most into? Well, I don't rap because <laughs> I got no skill. Yeah. Point me in a direction and I will kill. Boom. Please don't put this in the podcast. <laughs> put all of this in the podcast. Unedited. Unedited. Uh, <laughs> We're going to record a second podcast uh, of I was YouTube hoping, Freestyling. I was hoping for a second I was going to be brilliant in that moment. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Nerdy things. I, I'm being compelled by people's stories. Like, I'm totally sucked into listening to Malcolm's story. I think that's probably what drew me to acting. I mean, acting itself is also very nerdy. It's studious, like you say. You're interested in human human nature. You I want to observe people's behaviors. I mean, what's nerdier than that? It's kind of like being a zoologist or whatever. So, but but why would but why were you chosen for nerdcore? What 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 was your specialty? There? Oh, my specialty was Star Trek. There we go. The next generation. All right, there, there we go. Oh, it comes man. out. There we go. All right. She all tried right. to dance around. I tried it. to she say something to, heavy like, and philosophical. The way I dance is nerdy. <laughs> Tina's a trekkie or a trekker. Which is it? Uh, I. Say, I would say Trekker, I guess. The yeah, Trekker. Trekker is yeah. that is that the non-derogatory? <laughs> That's the nomenclature term yeah. of the day. I yeah yeah, but uh, yeah, I used to stay up all night on uh, in New York when I was little. Growing up, I had a little TV set that had the buttons were broken, so I had to stick a, a chopstick inside the hole of the TV to change the channel. One push at a time, by the way, and the volume too. I did this chopstick was. They're very good tools. They're way better than forks, okay? Um, I can't believe but, uh, Yeah, I think on it, I think it was on at midnight or after on WPIX, they had a lineup. Yes. It was like 10 o'clock news is over. It's 10 o'clock. 10, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? And then you, you know, do the news. And then I think there was, um, I think it was Cheers or Frasier Cheers. Um, and then. Cheers. Cheers, Frazier, yes. and then Star Trek Next Generation, and then The Honeymooners. Yes. I watched every single night. Channel 11, Channel WPIX. Channel WPIX, After Hours. Yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Why are you a nerd? How are you oh, a nerd? Oh, so I, oh, yeah, so I'm a nerd because I was obsessed with the show, oh, and I've also, in the last year, watched the entire, the entire show oh, twice over. 
So, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I ended up on the show talking about uh, number one. Cool, Jonathan Frakes. All yes. right, it's Frakes. Did we answer all those questions? I feel like I think I think we got a lot there. Okay. I think maybe we'll revisit this in a in another podcast, right? Yeah. Also, I'd questions. like to say I'm really cool. Oh my god! Which is about the nerdiest oh thing anybody could god. ever say. That was embarrassing. You have, a, so you now have that on tape now. We also have me rapping. Oh my tape. god. So that how can genius. how can people find you guys on social media? Oh, okay. I'm at Tina. Huang, H-U-A-N-G. That's that's you, a difficult one. How do you spell Tina? Uh, that's a good question. Thomas, India, Nancy, Apple. Ooh. All right. <laughs> At Tina Wong on Twitter. And Malcolm? At Malcolm Barrett. M-A-L-C-O-L-M-B-A-R-R-E-T-T. A.K.A. Verbal B. Rappin. I was so hoping you would spell your name wrong for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you looking in my eyes. I can feel the heat of it. I'm just like, please... Take a L out. Anything else you guys wanna wanna promote well, while courts. we're here? So we've got MO we've got theater. Nerd Court, uh, YouTube.com Skybound slash Skybound. Uh, Ammunition Theater Company, the theater company you guys uh, co founded and are, are are directing artistically. Yes. Well there are other founders too. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and, and Susie Chang on Rizzolian Isles. Yeah. Anything else upcoming, Malcolm? I'm on a new pilot, but I can't mention it because if it gets canceled, it'll be sad to hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. We won't say that. Do you play a scientist? I play like a like a normal person. It's really weird. Oh, that's that's a stretch. It's so weird. How do you prepare for that role? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you told me about it. All yeah. right. So with that, I think we're good. Are we good? I think so. Turtle yeah. power. Oh, <laughs> I think that wins. Thanks for listening. Please visit thebiofuturist.com for updates. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Find me on Twitter, at Biofuturist. The theme music, with permission, is an excerpt from Revenge of the Nerds off the album The Backpacker's Guide to the Galaxy by Verbal the Rapper. Peace. <laughs>